Hi friends, just breaking in before we start our episode to put out a call to action. I would love for our listeners to send us a message on our socials or email with their favorite things about season two of Bones. We're going to be covering all of our favorite things about season two and our season two recap on our next episode. We're going to be talking about our favorite episodes, our favorite science moments. I'd love to hear from you as to whether or not Sully was a yay or nay. Are we pro-Sully? Are we anti-Sully? Do we love Angela and Hodgins, or do we hate Angela and Hodgins? I would love to hear you all weigh in. It would be amazing to hear what you think about these characters. And we are going to be just talking about season two. No spoilers for any of the following seasons because I haven't seen them. And also check out our Instagram page, our Facebook page. We also have a YouTube channel, so you can listen to our episodes there. We're probably going to be putting out some new content in the coming months. So please check out our socials. And if you want to write to us, write to us, you can email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. And now on to the show. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. This one is a, on a that doozy. Note, shall we yeah, begin? Sorry, on this shall note, we begin, yes, darling? Let's do it. Yes. Sorry, I know we're like it's all discombobulated today, but that's okay. Uh, we're, we're gonna open this work. episode. We're gonna say hello, everybody. Welcome to Squidcast. My name is Kelly. My name is Brittany. And uh, today we're gonna be speaking about season two, episode twenty-one, Stargazer in a Puddle. Season finale! Which, now that I reflect on this, this is a horrible title for this episode. (laughs) It's also many things. And we're going to totally talk about this. And I'm going to apologize in advance because I literally don't remember this episode at all. I took the notes so long ago. (laughs) And honestly, okay, spoiler. (laughs) This episode is a flop. Not it's great. a terrible season finale. I cannot believe this is a finale. And I mean, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. The very last moment of the whole episode makes it all worth it, but still, it's terrible. So that's okay. We'll talk about it. We'll get through it. Everyone will decide whether they like it with us or not. I'm glad you remember the very last moment because I do not. Oh, you will. Don't worry. You will. Okay. So (laughs) I had a very busy last few weeks of work, so we took a little bit of a recording hiatus, but we both watched the episode Yeah. and took notes a little while ago. So we're going to just, we're going to make it work. We're going to talk about this episode. We're going to stumble a little, but it's going to be great. Yes. It's going to be so great. It's, it's and we're, be just great. so you know, the listeners have to know you are currently in Bancroft, Ontario at the Hunting and Fishing Club Planitza. Yes. I am currently in New Brunswick at my house in New Brunswick in the middle of like 
painting and renovating and fixing leaks in the roof and all these things. So, and Brittany doesn't have a charger for her laptop, so we could like lose this completely altogether. So, wish us Basically, luck. Basically, I'm a mess. Give us <laughs> prayers and thought thoughts and prayers to both of us that we get through this because we're both in very remote areas in Canada, and the and they also the reception could be really really bad. So, but also, um, if it works yeah. here, then shout out to Starlink because that's what we just got oh, up come at the on. we don't get paid by those people leave it alone no but like elon if you're listening nope. please <laughs> give us some advertising elon. income elon can you We're spare a-, a fucking billion jesus first name basis yeah elon how about that quick mill come on elon we're gonna talk about the stars in this episode all right, let's talk about okay, this sorry. bloody episode. Yes, let's... that's you start us off, Brittany. Oh you start god. us off. Okay, well, oh my god. So <laughs> we start. We're walking through <laughs> this warehouse that is just full of water and mud, and Booth and Brennan are chatting, basically confirming what we already knew that Angela and Hodgins are getting married. Very exciting for people that aren't Kelly. <laughs> So they're chatting about this and basically Booth is, I guess, confused or something. Anyway, it's it ends up being implied that Booth desires to marry Brennan. She accuses him of that because it's like, oh, this is your hidden desire to do this. Anyway, and he gets so embarrassed they get back to the case. We're going to move back to the case. So what happened in this in this scene is they had drained out. There's a bunch of water and there's a, a high level of water. He's that during like the winter, teasing her. He's teasing her. Oh, totally. But it's awkward. And he then tricks her. they move on. He tricks her into saying he tricks her into saying, I want to marry you. <laughs> He's just being a silly boy. He's being a silly boy. But then when she accuses him of wanting to, she's like, you know that people say that if you're going to joke, it's because you're trying to hide your hidden desires. Exactly. And he's like, oh, okay, we got to move on. <laughs> like, okay, I'm done joking. Because he totally does want to mirror. Anyway, okay, moving on. So basically what happened was there was a crime that was committed. The guy threw his knife into this like mucky, watery mud stuff. And because of that, they drained out the... <laughs> that's the scientific term. They, they drained this water. And then they discovered not just this knife, but they discovered, like, a bunch of guns. They discovered, like, all this stuff. They realized, okay, this is obviously a dumping ground. The thing that we care about is they discovered this body that appears to be that of a kid. And with the... It appears that this kid was shot in the back of the head with a 22. They have two 22 guns there, so maybe that'll help. And mm. inside her hand is a pebble that on it is written, I love you. So the working theory at the time, at the end of the scene, is that she was killed by a pedophile who thought that they were in love with her. What a start. Yes, Kelly. Okay. This is like they play two tricks on us. First yes. thing. 
Booth he teases Brennan and gets her to say, I want to marry you. Ha ha ha. Right. Then the next thing, they find this stone, this painted stone with the body. It's like a little rock that somebody has painted on. It says, love you. But Booth says, Booth says it. He goes, love you. And it's like, it's so weird. Like he it's says such a it, moment. but it's actually, and then the next shot you see it's of the rock, not him saying it to Brennan. Anyway, I called them fuckers. These writers are fuckers because they're trying to trick me. Well, and we'll what? get there eventually, right? <laughs> anyway, it's just crazy because this whole episode is wild for that. And it, immediately it's a pedophile. Immediately. Like, immediately. I don't understand. They go straight to pedophile. I mean, okay, great. <laughs> also, isn't that a bit? It's a bit of a jump, maybe. But I guess statistically it would make sense, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, also, I guess it's like a working theory, but they do have a lot more evidence to go on. So hopefully well, the they're going to use she says that. that the, well, she says the stone is a gift from a pedophile. And I was like, well, moms and kids do crafts together and there's no, yeah. like you know, the assumption that it's from a pedophile is just weird to me. Anyway. Fair. Well, we have a weird situation generally on our hands is what we're getting at by the end. But we both have our hair in a bun. (laughs) By the end of this first scene, I personally was going, really, another kid. We have to have another kid die. Like that. There have been a disproportionate number of kids that have been dying in these episodes. Anyway. So. We get back to the lab with our favorite couple, Angela and Hodgins, who Kelly loves so much. <laughs> anyway, so they're talking about, they're not doing, they're, well, they're doing a little bit of work. They're, Hodgins is talking about the stuff that he found, some water samples, blah, blah, blah. And basically they're having a conversation about their wedding, who they invited, And then Angela pauses and is like, do you want me to change my name? Yes, Kelly. Just a reminder to the listener, whenever Brittany says, yes, Kelly, I'm holding my (laughs) hand up because I want to interject and say something. So here we are. Are we to understand that Hodgins, Hodgins is doing all the wedding planning here? Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. He's doing all the wedding planning. She's like, I want to get married right away. We're going to get married right away before I change my mind. And he's like, okay, got to get the flowers, got to get the invitations. But also, okay, we're going to talk about this when it happens, but the ordering of their wedding planning is off. In my opinion. Does she want to change her name? Well, we don't know because she drops, she know. starts kissing Hodgins. And I suppose that's one way to make him shut up and drop a subject is she just starts like <laughs> making out with them. Just and he forgets Maybe they went everything. down to the Egyptian sheets, the Egyptian bed. All the blood drains from his brain, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I wouldn't think anyway, that, that would I happen. Anyway, Angela is not taking this wedding seriously at Not all. at all. Oh, my God. As we'll see as we continue this episode. Oh my, oh my god. So we get a lot of information actually about this person who died. 
One thing that is really wild is basically there's something called arthritic lipping on the back of her neck, which suggests that she spent four to six hours a day looking up. So you might be wondering or getting a hint as to why this person is, why the episode is called Stargazer in a Puddle. I'm not getting a hint at all, uh, Brittany. Sorry. (laughs) You can call me Brennan. No problem. I'll call you Boo. Can I just Ah! say, listen, so they're sitting there talking about this shit. And guess who casually saunters into Brennan's office, just casually walks in, it's fucking Max Keenan. Just Do they not have any security? Her office. Like, it's crazy. This is a wanted... He's... No. He's wanted by the FBI, and he just is able to walk in. I don't know, man. But Booth is... He flips around because Brennan goes, Dad? And he calls her baby. He goes, hey, baby. I'm like, okay. Brennan and her dad have gotten very, very close. If he's calling her baby... And Booth immediately reaches for his gun and, you know, points it at Max Keenan and tells him he's under arrest. And he actually, which we should have known, we're going to get to it, but he goes down easy. Like, he's like, okay, let's go. The whole reason he's there, though, is for some reason, obviously his intel isn't very good, but he thought that Brendan was getting married. So he wanted to come to see her. <laughs> It's not, obviously. It's Angela and Hodgins. <laughs> so he just got arrested for nothing. That's great. <laughs> but that's fine. Um, no, I just love this interaction. Can I just, we just, let's yeah, just let's touch talk on this about a little it. bit Go. longer. Apologies. So I guess Max heard about a wedding coming up. He assumed it was Brendan getting married and they're all talking and Max is being very casual and saying, oh, I guess we're not going to get a drink then. You're just going to arrest me right away. Booth asks Brendan to cuff him. Brendan refuses to do it. Then they're chit-chatting a little bit more. Booth's like, okay, you need to shut up long enough for me to read you your rights. (laughs) And then Booth looks at Brendan and goes, apologizes to her for like being mean to her dad. (laughs) anyway booth reminds brennan that her father killed the deputy director of the fbi and then uh anyway what how angela walks in next right just a casual murder situation it's fine (laughs) well he's walking into some he's walking out with him cuffed ready to go right and angela walks in at the end and she's all surprised that booth is arresting her father anyway it's all very yeah she's like was that your dad (laughs) why is your dad here (laughs) it's her best friend so you would think that she would know who her dad is but anyway yeah so booth apologizes to brennan for having to arrest him because he's just doing his job and she's just like very like it's okay i get it (laughs) and then we have our intro Hey, 
So we end up Where are we? back at the FBI. And Booth and Caroline, my favorite character on this whole show, one of my favorites. Oh, Cherie. Anyway, she's awesome. So she is talking with Booth outside of Max Keenan's interrogation room. And they've concluded that, okay, yeah, this is why he didn't care. Because he's under a false identity. And if you look him up, he is Art McGregor, not Max Keenan. He's an electrician, not a bank robber. So they have no evidence to hold this guy at all. Other than saying, no, no, that's not him. That's this guy. They have no proof. So basically... They got to find proof if they want to actually arrest him. So they got to cut him loose, which he's not thrilled about. Booth goes in and is like, yo, why don't you tell me anything at all about being an electrician? So (laughs) anyway, it's he basically is like, this is bullshit. You're not you're Max Keenan. You're not whatever McGregor. You're not an electrician. Yeah. And he had offered him a water glass, obviously a trick to get his prince. So he grabs his prince and I thought it was sweet because Booth is like, I'm not going to let you hurt bones. Like you're, you keep coming in and out of her life, but how do you think that's making her feel? And he seems genuinely, doesn't he seem like genuinely sad to hear that? I think. Sad to hear what? Like this concept that he's hurting his daughter by going, coming in and out, in and out, in and out. So. Well, that's the thing. This is the thing. This is where, okay, Booth is amazing. Booth is the best. We love Booth. He's amazing. I love him. Because he, Max is being such a smartass. Yes. You know, waiting for Booth to unlock his cuffs and just like let him go because he doesn't have anything on him. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Booth says, don't worry, you know, I'm going to get you. And Max is like, and and Booth goes, I'm very good at my job. And Max is like, yeah, you have to be to work with my daughter. Yeah. And this is when Booth gets very protective of Bones, right? He gets really protective of Brendan in this moment by saying, like like you're saying, he's not doing her any favors coming in and out like this. He abandoned her as a child. Like, it's completely fucked up. And I just think that's so... I just love Booth for doing that. He's just obviously... I love that. I love that. Just so protective. He's looking out for her. Most protective. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's looking out for her and... It is true. Like, he's not doing this for her. He's not coming in and out of his her life for her. He's doing it for himself. No. Yeah, so, he's being very selfish at this extremely. point. Okay. Do you think, on a kind of other note, do you think that Brennan and Angela hang out outside of work? I don't know how. Like, I don't know because she's always with Hodgins, right? Angela's always with Hodgins. Brennan yeah. is mostly with Booth. Um, I don't know. Like, how they have such different lifestyles. Yeah. Before... Before Angela got together with Hodgins, she was out clubbing or going out with guys, yeah. listening to music, going to the desert for three weeks, whatever. Um, with her dead boyfriend, no big deal. Like, <laughs> she and Brennan don't like the same things, you know? 
That's the thing. Because, okay, this is my attempt to segue into the next scene. (laughs) (sighs) So my attempt to segue into the next scene is that... Yes, okay, we're, we have a case to solve, so we'll talk about that as well. But basically, Angela has a facial reconstruction. The facial reconstruction, even though they think that this is a kid, shows that this is like a super old lady, like over 100 years old. Meanwhile, they think that this is like a 10-year-old white girl. In this scene, first of all, Brennan is like... That's nice, Angela. Like, we got to follow the science. You can't just choose art over science. But Angela's standing by her drawing. Anyway, Zach is there. It's fine. He makes comments. He leaves. And then Angela's like, okay, since we don't hang out outside of work, I guess. I'm reading between the lines. Now seems like a good opportunity to ask you to be my maid of honor. Exactly. (laughs) Wouldn't you do so that, she, like, over drinks or dinner or something? Yeah, you would think that you would do it in a little bit different setting, but that's Bring fine. Bring a gift. Like, here's a gift. Would you help mm. me out? Yes, exactly. But no. Well, it doesn't matter because Brennan is very excited. She is so pumped. Mm. She doesn't care if she has to wear an ugly dress. She says so. Um, mm. She's just very excited to have this honor. And Angela barely even got the question out before she said yes. So... It was a very nice, sweet moment that I'm totally ruining because I was like, is this the appropriate venue for this question? (laughs) How did you ask your maid of honor? Who was yours? Your sister? I had two maid of honors. Like We had co-maid of honors, my sister and then my friend Lindsay. Um, Did that work out well? Yeah, it worked out really well. It helped them split the... um, like split the experience, I guess, split the work because there was quite a bit uh, that they helped us with. My sister was in school too. So that's part of the reason we did it. We're like, this is a lot to ask of someone. <laughs> so yeah, and then Mark had co-best men as well. So it worked out really well. I just, I made little boxes for all the bridesmaids and the two maid of honors and gave them to them. So how did you ask them to be your maids of honor? I asked them separately. And I think it was with Lindsay over drinks. With my sister, we were just hanging out. That was more casual, I guess. Right. Not at work. No. <laughs> I guess I also not. work with mostly <laughs> men. <laughs> so. Old men that want to be your daddy. Anyway, uh, what are we doing here? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, Brennan seems pretty excited about uh, being uh, her maid of honor, but also thinks that Angela made a mistake with her sketch. Yes. Because uh, the sketch is of an old woman, which I was like, I don't know what kind of person this is. It's just an old. It looked like one of those shriveled up apple dolls. You remember those apple dried up apple doll faces people used yes. to sell? Yes. This I don't is know exactly Do you really what it looks know like. What I'm talking about? No, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> that is exactly what it looks like. I'm going to maybe do a comparison apple doll. Do a side by side face. Well, oh my god. Like look at the If this woman <laughs> That is exactly what it looks like. This is what I remembered. That other one I didn't remember as much. This I've seen. Who thought that was a good idea? (laughs) Who decided? Oh, yeah, you know what? 
I'm going to make a face out of this dried up apple and put clothes on it and make it look like an old person. I mean, <laughs> it was a good idea. It's pretty hilarious. So I, I stand by it's it. It's funny. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, who? So Brennan is having this wonderful day. She is solving a case. She's going to be a maid of honor. And so she goes by back to her house at the end of a long day to settle oh. in. And who is there? Max Maybe is she there. went home. She wanted to relax. She wanted to have some mac and cheese and a glass of wine. Who knows? Freaking Max. Max. Max is there. just casually, casually sitting in her house, Brittany. He's a murderer. I don't know what is going on. How would on. you, how would you want, like, I'd be so mad. I would be so mad. She is very not mad, <laughs> but all, but also very awkward. So their conversation is very short. She basically finds out that Russ is doing fine. He's like, he's breaking his parole because he's out of the state, but whatever. Um... But the whole reason, because Max thought she was getting married. So the whole reason that he came out of the woodwork is because her mother had asked her, asked, had asked him to pass on a family heirloom before she died. This is like obviously decades ago. Um, and so he goes to give it to her and is like, oh, you should try it on. And then that's when she's like, you know what? I have to work on this case. She does take the ring, but is like, okay, you're overstepping. That's enough. You can sleep here tonight if you have nowhere else to stay. But we're done with this conversation. So, and I thought that was good. She's setting kind of a boundary with him. Is it working? Probably not, but that's fine. Also, her condo is huge. Huge. Well, she's loaded, right? And she doesn't drive anywhere, so she saves lots on gas. No, you're right. <laughs> well, oh my we, god, we do end up back at the FBI. Caroline yes. is looking. Caroline now has Caroline's with Booth, and Caroline is like, "Hey, here's the glass. Fingerprints don't match." I don't know if listeners understand this. Caroline character is amazing, and we I love, love her so her. much. Why do I keep calling her Patricia? Because that's the actress's name, right? I'm not sure. I just love the way that she calls Booth Cherie. Cherie. Yes, her name is Patricia Belcher. Oh, okay. And she's amazing. She's We love her so much. She's, she's such a good... I don't know what she is in terms of, like, you know, the hierarchy of, like, different types of characters, but she's, like, a... She's like a relief. A secondary. She's wonderful to have. Yeah. She's a, she's just a great relief to have on screen with us. So they're she's, still she yeah, and Booth are still trying to figure out this Mac situation. They're really frustrated by this whole thing because he keeps sauntering and wandering around like he had, doesn't have a care in the world, even though he's a murderer. And you have to remember, this is a man who has like gutted men strapped them to uh yeah. a pole and lit them on fire like this is the kind of person that we're dealing with here like this isn't just like uh oh i stole something <laughs> it must be so frustrating is all i'm saying and i feel I, this is where i wrote down in my notes that there's nothing attractive about how 
much of a con artist he is. Like, it really bothers me that it's being played like it's fun and cool when it's not. Like, it's it's just not. not. Being a con artist is, like, really, really, really crappy. So I don't like it. Who thinks that uh, the director that he killed, the deputy director, wiped Max's identity from the all the files because he was going to kill him? Yeah. And so Kirby was going to kill Max. Was that last season? And he... I think it was during this season. Oh, God. See, it's been... This is... Okay. This is the problem with season two. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, it drags it on. It is the longest season on the planet. And I felt like so much convoluted shit happened that I feel like this situation with Kirby happened last season. No, I need to anyway, look this up. While you keep chatting, I'm going to look it up. Regardless, I'll just say that Booth thinks that the deputy director that was murdered by Max had Max removed from all of their systems so that he could kill him willy-nilly. And he could get away with it. And the irony of that is pointed out by our friend Caroline, of course. I keep calling her Patricia in my notes because that's the actress's name. Anyway, Caroline then asked Booth if he's becoming less inclined to close this case. Because he's just wondering, like, is it worth it for us to go forward with this? Or do you want to just let it go? Because right now you could technically let it go. Because he doesn't exist and he could just live his life. Yeah. But he, and he, she's worried that, you know, he doesn't want to upset Brendan. And Goose yeah. says, no, no, Brendan understands the situation and she's game. Like she says, you know, do what you have to do. So then Caroline suggests that they get a warrant to collect DNA, yeah. basically. Which is a great suggestion. I don't know. I'm I think that they should arrest this guy. I think that he is a bad influence on Brennan. He is not there for her. He is just there for him. I think that they Can't should they just, just hold him. I don't think that they have enough evidence to hold him is the problem. Really though? Can't they find a fingerprint at the crime scene where Deputy Director Kirby was and like match it to the one in the glass and then finally True. Maybe take a DNA sample. I don't know. There's got to be some way to hold this him there. This is a future private investigator speaking. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly. Well. All right. What's next? Back at the lab. Back at the lab. Zach and Hodgins are talking and they think that they have. Actually, there's everyone here. Zach, Angela, Brennan, Hodgins are all there. And they're talking about this case and trying to figure out who this is and despite this weird sketch that we have it actually helped to get a hit in the in the database so they now know that this is chelsea cole age 22 went missing last november so the theory that she was there over the winter is probably right because it froze and then defrosted and that's part of how they found the body um she has a disease that basically prevented her from hitting puberty, but also ages her, like opposite of Benjamin Button, I guess. Um, <laughs> but because they know who it is, now that they now they can go and talk to the mom. So they can get maybe some more answers and try to figure out how this person was killed. 
Right. This is also, so obviously Zach and Hodgins don't hang out outside of work, although I think maybe they still live together. We're not sure. It's a mystery. Um, it's a mystery. But basically everyone else leaves and then they get the opportunity to have a discussion between the two of them. And lo and behold, Hodgins asks Zach to be his best man. But much to my surprise, because I thought he idolizes Hodgins, he's like, um, when do I have to decide? I need to think about it. So Hodgins is like, what? <laughs> Zach or Hodgins is like, holy shit. First of all, okay, Brittany, I have opinions. I have thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Why is this happening? A. B. Hodgins is like, Asking Zach to be his best man. Zach's acting weird, like he's not so sure yeah. he wants to do it. Then the whole Hodgins thing is, is like, so weird. I'm like, where? Why does Hodgins not have any friends? Whatever happened to all those guys he was playing banjo with, naked banjo with? You know, that's what I was thinking. Like, same thing with Angela. Fuck. Anyway, whatever. It's so weird. It's like neither of them actually has any friends outside of the office. Which I guess, you know what, though? <laughs> if they did, maybe it would be a little weird for the show. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no, this is Bob, my best friend from outside of work. We throw back beers and play People uh, do it all poker the time. on weekends. People have other friends. It's, yes. And they're, it's totally anyway, normal. It's but crazy. Maybe for a show, it would it's be crazy. Weird. I don't know. It's crazy. Anyway. But, anyway, so basically, we're in this position where we don't know if Hodgins is actually going to be. Or Zach is actually going to be Hodgins' best man. Oh, okay. Now we meet Cynthia. And Cynthia's daughter, Chelsea, had something called mm. Werner's Syndrome, we find out that it's called. So yeah. it's not just her body that's developmentally younger. Um, her mind is also developmentally younger than than she was. Uh, so mm -hmm. basically she draws all of these pictures of the stars and she's obsessed with the stars and they have a, um, what is that called? A moon roof? That's not what it's called. Skylight. They have a skylight that is <laughs> moon roof. <laughs> Jesus. They have this skylight okay. that she looks through that she was obsessed with looking through. So yes, four to six hours a day, at least she'd be looking up at the stars First Which, of all, I don't know how she that did many skylights. There's like three or there's three or four skylights. Do you know how much of a nightmare those are? Like when they start leaking and stuff. Anyway, oh yeah, for a second we have one, and that makes me nervous. <laughs> there's <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's funny. <laughs> we have one, and it makes me nervous. <laughs> anyway, I just. Like, there's a lot of these pictures of all of this these star pictures that she's painted or drawn with. Yeah. Anyway, up on the wall, right? Up on the ceiling, she's put all these pictures that Chelsea has drawn. They're like, they look like children's drawings. But she was in her 20s, like you said, because she had that uh, condition. Um, how long would you keep that, those up on the wall after your kid went missing? It's been three years. Yeah, I don't know. Has it been three years? I thought it had just been I like six months. 
No, I think it's been but a long still, time. Okay, well, I'll look I into don't know. that. But you—that's a good you, point, though. Uh, it's just talking. been sitting up there. Oh my god, I never thought about that. Well, Cynthia, the mother, um, gives them a suspect because she says that she she went back to school. She was taking um, part part time classes at a community college, so she needed help at home. So this guy, Joe Mellon had helped to take care of Chelsea and she ended up filing a complaint with child services and they launched an investigation because one time um, he she came home from school and Chelsea smelled like her shampoo but it's not part of his job to bathe her so she was like okay that's odd I never used that shampoo on her there must have he must have bathed her which is not part of his job. So he overstepped and should never have done that. So they end up going to talk to Joe and Joe is adamant that he did nothing to, to Chelsea at all. And the only real, the only reason that she smelled like that was because she got jam all over herself and then she was freaking out because she was sticky So he ended up running a bath for her and then he sat outside the bathroom and talked to her while she was in the bath and she used her mom shampoo and because it's more, it's a regular shampoo, when she got it in her eyes, it started burning her eyes and then he ended up helping her rinse and getting her dressed. So, and this guy seems very genuine. He does not seem like someone who is who did any I believe him when I went in during the scene I believe that he didn't do anything but he does point out to to Booth that you really need to talk to Cynthia the mother because she was just exhausted she was like not keeping up with her classes she was failing community college she couldn't handle her job everything was going to shit basically so I didn't do anything to this girl but you need to talk to the mother because she things were not going well for her right and it was the social worker too that had suggested to the mother i think that maybe she should consider putting chelsea in a home like an assisted living type situation anyway the guy who plays joe who has been accused here by the mother is really good i really like him Um, i loved his character i i felt so genuinely that he was innocent yeah, no, he he portrayed the uh, character really well because it started being really. I was getting uncomfortable when the mother was talking about this. I felt it felt like it was really getting grosser and grosser. Yeah. And then um, when we talked to the guy, it was like everything he said made sense. Yeah, and he seemed very believable. Yeah, very genuine. Very much. He seemed like he cared a lot for Chelsea, and he wanted the best for her and. He was very yeah, disappointed that he got let go. I think, I think so too. Yeah, I think I we think all believe him. Booth believes him. Yeah, for sure. We're all on the same. We're okay. all on the same um, front. How? I'm sorry. What? I'm just looking ahead of my notes, and Brennan and Max are now going to be sitting in the royal diner chatting. Like this guy has a lot no. of balls, just walking around having dinner at the royal diner. Oh my god. 
Anyway, we learn about this whole ring situation because he brought her this ring that was her grandmother's, apparently. And my first question here was, like, do we even know that this ring is the real thing? Like, he's such a con man. I just feel like sometimes, is he even telling the truth now? Like, or is he lying to her about this ring? You know what I mean? So he's telling her some tale about her grandmother and her mother and her mother's sisters Apparently, Brennan's mother has three sisters. That means that Brennan has aunts. And Who never tried to contact go, her. Yeah, and Brennan's going to go, if she ever meets with them and shows them the ring, they'll know that she's legit? Yeah, the whole situation is weird. It's, see, I think I find that, that she... I think, I think he's getting the vibe that she doesn't really believe him. So he's brought a videotape from of a message from her mother that will help make it so that he, she believes him, basically. Right, but it's all apparently a videotape that he's never watched. Yeah. He's never watched it, and also hopefully she has a VHS player. A, B. <laughs> he's just, it's like all about He's such a con man that he's like, it's like a hook after hook after hook. He just hooks into her. He's got the ring. He has some story about her grandmother, her mother, her aunt. Yeah. Now he's got a hook. He's like, you have to keep me in your life now because I got this VHS tape you want to see, right? Like, yeah. he's being very... And he doesn't it's, talk about it's his almost own abusive. family. <laughs> yeah. It's well, like it's emotionally abusive. Yeah. Yeah. And she asked him about his family because she apparently never met any of his family, like his parents or siblings. And he claims that, you know, basically, what did he say? Just that he doesn't, uh, he's not in touch or isn't part, he doesn't really have any family, apparently. I don't know. My question is, too, like, where's Russ? Do we ever see Russ again? Yeah. I think Is he so. Just like- I think we do. I can't remember. I also did Brennan text Booth that she was going for lunch with Max because he shows <laughs> up at the not. end and is like, "Oh, so sorry to interrupt, but um, I'm gonna need some DNA from you, Art McGregor from Coos Bay, Oregon. So sorry, <laughs> but he actually is genuinely sorry to Brennan. He does apologize to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah." For sure, for sure. Anyway, so we're both in agreement that Max is manipulative. Yes. And this is all terrible for Brennan. And I, it just doesn't bode well. No, it doesn't. And we're not in agreement on some characters, but we definitely agree on this one. <laughs> <laughs> and yet we still are able to be friends. It's very good. Yes. L- look at this. Yes. Putting our differences aside. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so... Let's get back to Zach and Hodgins because now we're back at the lab and Zach is about to tell back at the lab. Zach is going to talk to Hodgins while Hodgins kind of forces him about whether he wants to be best man. So Zach is telling him important information about the case because the bullet hole that they thought was a bullet hole. He thinks it actually wasn't a bullet hole. He thinks it was a hole from a drill. Number one. Right. Number two, turns out that Zach has been asked to go to Iraq, personally, by the White House. Mm. So, obviously, they need him there as a forensic anthropologist. And 
so he has to make a decision about whether he's going to go there and be or, or not go there and be the best man. The reason though, even though he can go to the wedding, the wedding isn't in the way of this. But he thinks that if he goes to the wedding as best man and then goes and dies in Iraq, then it'll put a sour taste in Hodge's mouth about his wedding and it'll ruin the day for him. So basically, no, he doesn't want to be his best man. Which is really sad, actually, (laughs) because they have been very close this whole time. They actually are very good friends, much better, in my opinion, than Angela and and, uh, Brennan. Yeah, but Zach is becoming a weirdo. We've noticed in the last few episodes, he's getting more detached emotionally. He's being very strange. He's... Anyway, he's very detached in this moment. I found it very strange. And can you tell me anything about this letter? Like, is this... What is this letter? Is it... Because Hodgins claims that everybody's getting these letters. I guess it's a letter saying that your services are requested in Iraq for something. I don't know if it's for body identification or what, but... Yeah. So as a forensic anthropologist, he's supposed to be going to Iraq, which is interesting because this is around the time that they like, okay, 2000, this would have come out 2007. So Barack Obama was elected like a year after this. So this is sort of the end of that situation, I think, in Iraq. Is it? Because they were just pulling people out of Afghan. Anyway, we're not going to get into anyway, the We're mire. not going to get into American politics because I don't know anything. I just but... <laughs> think, like, first of all, again, why is this happening? Why is Zach... Yeah. Why does Hodgins want Zach to be his best man? It's weird to me. And Zach is acting weird and Hodgins is really upset. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know, man. It's, it's just strange. It's but definitely yeah. a weird situation. Definitely. Yeah. The Basically, the, the most important two things that we're going to take away from this scene are, no, Zach does not want to be his best man. And number right. two, um, she was not, this victim was not shot in the head. Something Correct. happened where a drill, where she, her head was drilled. So now right. we go and we see her mother again. And sure enough, she had brain surgery when she was three years old to relieve the pressure yes. from her brain. Right. So... She did not die from a gunshot, so they have to reevaluate how she died. Because right now, the way that they thought she died is obviously not the way that she did. Um, yeah. So, basically, it's interesting. This interaction I found very interesting with Cynthia and Brennan. It was. It was. Because Cynthia... So, first of all, Brennan points out that the drawings that her daughter had done of the stars were actually completely accurate. They were showing like specific constellations. So she would have been recreating what she actually was seeing in the sky, which she, her mother didn't realize that she was capable of that. So that was very interesting. Yes. Right. Well, Brennan points out that one of the constellations she recognizes is that of the dolphin. And she waxes sort of wistfully about how her and her mother shared a love of dolphins. And this this is Brennan talking about her and her mother. And yeah. Booth, Booth gets sort of triggered and gives her the side eye because she thinks she's getting a little off track. Yeah. 
And I just think that's interesting. Like he notices her kind of going on this like being tangent. wistful. Yeah. yeah, she's being wistful. Yeah. But do you think that he feels bad for arresting Max? I think he feels bad, and I think that he recognizes that Brennan is going through it. Like, she's processing. Yeah. It's a lot, because her father's so manipulative. Yeah. Oh, he hasn't been arrested either. He's walking around right now. Like, they're just yeah, testing the around. DNA. He, yeah. True. True. It's I'm getting ahead of it's myself. It's crazy. It's really crazy. Mm. Anyway, what happens? It's insane. I think Booth uh, starts talking to the mother a little bit more here. Yeah. There is some... Cynthia seems to get the impression that they're implying that she was abusing her daughter. And that's why she needed the brain surgery. Um, She kind of just... Like, puts it aside. And does say, like, okay, there was one time that I grabbed her arm, but it was only one time. And... I just... I feel really sad for this woman. She went, she goes, the biggest takeaway from this scene for me, as we go Mm -hmm. on, is that she had to get up to take a medication. So even though they were having this very important conversation, she had this, the time came that she had to get up and take her medication at a specific time. So she took the medication and then went back to their conversation. But anyway, basically at this point. They have to figure out how she died because we're now halfway through this episode and we're back to the drawing board. Yeah. So, so. I just want to say she did get up to get her medication. Brennan is clocking the meds she's taking and she's really distressed. The mother's very distressed at the accusation of being abusive towards her child. And then we go yeah. back at the lab. Back at the lab. And I'm just going to talk about this because this is another moment where we have Hodgins at the lab on the phone with Agent Seely Booth. Hodgins asks Booth to be his best man. And I wrote, <laughs> why is this happening? Like, what is happening right now? This is They're so They're best friends crazy. since that one time they drove in the Mini Cooper together. Oh my God. <laughs> Booth and Brennan are in the car together when this conversation's happening. And then Booth says he feels bad about not being able to throw him a bachelor party. And then Booth asks him what he has to do. And then Hodgins gives him the rundown and jokes that he can tongue kiss the maid of honor. (laughs) And then Booth asks who the maid of honor is. Because he's like, oh, okay, great. (laughs) Which is really, really, really funny. And then... uh, (laughs) I thought that was a really funny scene. It's like, who's the maid of honor? Like, he's excited about making out with this girl. <laughs> Finds out it's Brennan, Brennan and is like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, my Booth God. Asks Hodgins if, uh, Booth asks Hodgins if he wants him to, if Hodgins wants Booth to contact Angela's father. And then Hodgins has a huge heart attack on the phone with him because he totally forgot all about Angela's father. Oops. And I was like, this is, we're going to see ZZ Top. We're going to see a ZZ Top guy. And I thought that was really, really funny. So awesome. Regardless, Booth hangs up on Hodgins after agreeing to be his best man. I'm like, Booth, get a life, man. And Brennan, I think Hodgins 
I don't know. I think Hodgins hung up on him because he was so distracted by the fact that he hadn't contacted Angela's father. Anyway, Brennan pipes up and says that uh, the victim's mother, Chelsea's mother, has HIV. She has, based on the medication she's taking. That's pretty big uh, reveal. That's a huge reveal. And I'm sorry. Can we just reflect on the fact that this woman's life is extremely challenging? It's awful. Oh my god. It's a this tragedy. This is not the kind I I this is not the kind of episode that I would have expected to come out of a season finale. As a finale, it's, it's the most It's so depressing. It's so depressing. So depressing. <laughs> it's so depressing. In more ways than one, Brittany. In more ways than one. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where do we go? Back at the We'll lab. get there. So back at the lab. So basically, they're chatting and they think that basically she's been injected with the conclusion here. This is Hodgins and Zach and Cam. And they're figuring out that, well, they think that there's some sort of poison in her system. That's how she died. She was poisoned. So she's got to figure out what was, uh, what poison, they got to figure out what poisoned her. And he wants to do this they want to do all these experiments to figure out how this person was poisoned so they're asking for permission to do this uh experiment as they're doing it (laughs) yes well i just love this they want to do this experiment with spam which is a callback it's a callback to episode one where we got introduced to Cam, they did a spam experiment, and she got mad at them, and they're asking her permission if they can do it, and she said that she would buy them each a car if they get anything out of this experiment. <laughs> and two things I realized was Zach is going to be a bitch about that. He's going to constantly bug her to give him a car. <clears throat> And then I thought, Hodgins doesn't need a goddamn car. He's a billionaire's son. Like, why are you offering him cars? That's ridiculous. (laughs) Anyway, what do they do? They throw some dried up shrimps into a tank with poison injected spam, which is supposed to replicate the body. They pour sea chimps in. (laughs) Well, they're like these little, I called them shrimps. They're tiny shrimp. Yeah. (laughs) So they're using these shrimps that they found at the site where they found the body? Yeah. The same shrimp. And they're putting the spam in that's supposed to replicate the body full of poison to see how long the shrimp live? Yes. Or if it's the same? I don't remember. (laughs) If they have the same reaction, basically. So basically, the the whole thing is completely anticlimactic. They don't actually solve anything in this scene <laughs> i love cam though cam is so funny oh my I don't god know. cam is hilarious tell tell mark he's got a simmer down that cam is the best she's so funny like cam the way she is goes the best but she started awful no she was fine she was just getting a new job she had to piss on she had to piss on her territory a little bit that's okay um yes fair she uh the way she says it, like, boys, if you get anything out of this, I'll buy you a car. Like, it's just so funny. <laughs> so matter of fact, like, good luck. Not going to happen. Well, 
Why are we in the Royal Diner so much in this episode? Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you want to talk to me? Do you want to talk about Booth and Brennan professing their love yeah. for their fathers? Okay, here we go. Next, we have Booth and Brennan at the Royal Diner. Brennan asks Booth if he loves his father. And it was funny because the day that I watched this show, the day we were supposed to record it, and the day that we canceled recording it was Father's Day. That's how long it's been since we recorded before it has Father's been Day. Weeks. Yeah. So it's interesting that I was doing this on Father's Day and they were talking about their fathers. It's all about their relationships with their fathers. And so he tells her yeah. that he loves his dad. Is his father still alive? Question mark. She tells him she thinks she loves her father as well. She's grappling with this because she feels like she shouldn't love him because of all his shenanigans yeah. and shit. And yeah. she thinks uh, she's a bad person. Because she doesn't care about her father. Like, she feels bad because she feels like she should care more. But Booth reassures her that she's not a bad anything. But the way he says it to her, like, look, I'm going to rewind it here. I'm watching oh. it here. The way it's he so says romantic, it, like she, the way he says it. Well, she says she feels like she's a bad person and she's a bad daughter. And he's like, you're not a bad anything. And I was like, whoo, he smiles at her <laughs> and he says, you're not a bad anything. Like, oh, my God, he's like, so, whoo, it's too much. Keep it in your pants. Oh. <laughs> to Booth, <Whoa>. not to you. <laughs> delicious, delicious. Okay, yeah, no, keep it in your pants. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Brennan gets a text message during this sexy conversation that uh, Hodgins has found out what killed Chelsea. Back at the lab. So. Back at the lab. Back at the lab. Back at the lab. Back at the lab. So basically the conclusion here is that their experiment did help a little bit. (laughs) They both need a car. The conclusion here is that this girl was poisoned with the AIDS med- with AIDS medication basically. She was she overdosed on neverapine. Neverapine? So Brennan concludes I like don't oh know shit. What it's called. Neverapine. Neverapine. I feel like I'm saying I would yeah, say peen. It's always peen. Neverapine. Neverapine. So the conclusion is they think that the mother is the one who killed the daughter. Oh, this just absolutely breaks my heart. Of course it does. It's terrible. It's awful. So Brennan and Booth go to the re- that this woman's house. Yes. And they bring the I love you pebble with them, which is just like, okay, really rub it in here, Booth. And he puts the pebble in front of her. And they tell her this story about how they that how she loved her daughter so much, but she had AIDS and she thought she was gonna die. Yeah. And she took part in this experimental trial, but the experimental trial wasn't working. And so Oh God. Anyway. I just thought it was really sad. I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. I need to read back. No, you're right. So they said she thinks that she basically 
poisoned her with old uh, HIV drugs because the yeah. mother thought she was going to die. No one was going to take care of her daughter. She felt like yeah. she had no choice, basically, which is terrible. But then she took this, did, took a drug, did some stuff with the HIV medications, yeah. and she was getting better. And it was too We're late. getting ahead of ourselves. This, Are we? That full conversation, yeah. I just scrolled down. Oh. The full conversation happens in a few scenes. But that's the... Apologies. The gist... That is no, yeah. that's fine. I did the same thing, but basically, yeah. yeah, she poisoned her daughter, she killed her daughter, she gets arrested. Oh, and Brennan, in this moment, pre watching the video that we're going to talk about shortly, tells her, You threw your own daughter away. Why am I going to do you a favor? Because the mother asks her to take down the pictures that Chelsea had drawn. Because she doesn't want them to get thrown away. Right. Oh, So, pre-video. Why would I do you a favor? You threw your daughter away. Like, very short with this woman. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. Listen. So sad. It is so sad. And, anyway, we're left to believe that Brennan is, has no intention of taking the pictures down. And she's just really... No. Brennan's upset by this whole situation. This is a terrible situation. It's awful. And then it, what happens here? Oh, right. The next scene we have some dude. Who the hell is this guy? He came out agent of nowhere. Charlie. Yeah. This <laughs> agent walks into Booth's office, played by a guy named Nathan Dean. I don't know who this guy is. I'm sure he's been around for a while. And he says that they had an old sample of Max's DNA from a long time ago, from some other crime that he committed. And they're excited because they found like possible evidence proving Max is who he is. And he leans on Booth's desk. I love how nobody's allowed to touch Booth's desk. It's so <laughs> funny. Because Agent Charlie is all excited, like, yeah, we did it. We found the DNA. And he leans on Booth's desk. And then Booth gives him, like, the hairy eyeball, like, side <laughs> eye. And then he's so territorial over his desk. Like, anyway, so it's good job, Agent Charlie. He found the DNA to prove that Max is who Max is. And I just think it's just a hilarious scene where Booth is. It's just a funny scene. Like, this didn't have to happen. Like, he could have just walked no. in somewhere and said, I got you on your DNA. Like, yeah. it just, it, but this scene with Charlie, I don't know why, why this Just happened. like a funny little filler scene. <laughs> I'd love to just know why this little, happened. Like, I want to know. I wonder like, if this character, the... and I honestly can't remember, I wonder if this character will be recurring. Like, I, maybe this was an look. introduction to him. He's from Taxis as an actor. He was in Along Came Polly and... Oh, Waitress. Oh, Along Came Polly is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's just one of these character guys. But I just, it's such a nothing scene. But uh, it's so funny. I just wonder it how the funny. scene happened. Anyway, Honestly, whatever. Honestly, there's a few scenes that are pretty funny. Even the next scene is a little funny. Oh, Hodgins my God. walks into this recording studio where Angela's dad... Played by ZZ Top. 
is playing guitar. Okay. Yes. His name is Billy Gibbons. He's part of the band ZZ Top. He's one of the members yeah, of the band. Yeah, but he is ZZ Top, basically. There's only two of them, right? First of all, have you ever been to a recording studio? You must have been to a recording studio. I don't know. Are you kidding? You're a singer. You haven't been to a recording studio. I don't think so. Anyway, Maybe. I'm just going to tell you, I've been to a couple and they are locked up like Fort Knox. They are fully guarded. There's You can't get in any room without permission, really? keys, whatever. And yeah. he just waltzes in on Billy Gibbons jamming out. I'm just going to say one thing and I will let you take the scene over. But Billy Gibbons <laughs> is jamming out on the guitar alone in the studio and he is wearing three hats on his head. Okay. He has three hats on his head. This is his fashion. He is ultra fashion. <laughs> um, we learn that Hodgins never reached out to this guy, never asked permission for. Angela's hand in marriage, nothing like that. Um, which you would think is like this big deal, but it's actually really not because we know Angela and we know that asking her father is not the right move. So Hodgins is all worried, and Mr. ZZ Top, one of the members of ZZ Top, he Angela's <laughs> father points out that. Like, are you seriously asking me this question? Do you think that Angela, like, you're going to be dead if Angela ever finds out that you came and asked me this question? Um. So basically, anyway, he's like, you're going to get us both killed because you're asking for her hand. Like, for me to give permission for her. But she's a grown-ass woman and she's independent and I don't need to do that. Is this the anyway. first time they're meeting? Is this the first no, time they've ever met? No, they've met before. They must have met before. You, no, you know what? They're acting like it's the first time they've met, but there was that bunker episode where yeah, the man in the fallout shelter at yeah. Christmas time. But I mean, they wouldn't so, have actually met met, and they weren't together no, then. But so whatever, at least. Okay, fair. So this is anyway. I guess, the first time that they're meeting. That's know, crazy. This is a shotgun wedding, right? I guess. So basically, he says to him, "Typical dad." He says, Hodgins, so their conversation ends quite quickly. He's not there for very long. And he ends up by saying, Hodgins. Three hats. He says, Hodgins, I've got guitars, I've got hats, and I've got cars. (laughs) And I've got guns. And Hodgins is suddenly like, holy fuck. He didn't actually say about the hats. I just added that in. He said, treat my little girl right, and you'll only see the business ends of the cars and guitars. Look at all the hats he has on. He is wearing three hats. He looks like he could be on Duck Dynasty. (laughs) A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, we made it through. There's lots of dads in this episode. We're going to talk about Max again now. So much to do. (laughs) So... There's actually, we're almost done talking about this episode. As you can see, we really loved it. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, so, so Max is about to get arrested. Yes. Tell me. 
we go, we go back to the lab and because our case is solved, now we're moving forward to sort of close all the loops here. So we have Cam yeah. testing DNA in the lab for Booth to see if Max's DNA matches the stuff they had from the old case. And it is a match. But Booth looks sort of perplexed. Like, this is where I thought that Booth decided not to move forward with arresting him once he could prove his identity. I actually had a moment where I was like, he's not going to arrest him. He's gonna, not going to do it. Yeah. And then, and this is where we have Brennan is, where'd she go? She's at the diner. So the next scene is Brennan at the diner eating pie. How much pie does this woman really eat, though? Like, are, can we be realistic here? Regardless, she's <laughs> apparently eating pie at the goddamn diner when Max shows up. And he sees that she's wearing the ring that he gave her. And then Max gives her the secret videotape. And when Max is leaving, Booth arrives. Max is outside of the diner. Brennan's inside. So he's outside at the diner. Booth arrives at the diner. And they're talking to each other outside the diner. And this is where... What is it? Max... Uh, Booth confronts Max. Apologies. And Max tells Booth yeah. to fight him and shoot him. And then Max does this thing. He did it before. Uh, where he sucker punched Booth. Like he sucker punches. And there's this really hilarious fight between Booth and oh Max. God. And it's I thought it was really funny. Because oh, Max yeah. punches Booth in the groin and Booth crumples to the ground. And it was <laughs> crazy. It was insane. They both end up laying on the ground in the middle of this parking lot. Yeah, like rolling it's around wild. in pain because they hit each other. It was really funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. So they're just laying there like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so while this is happening, also, Brennan has gone also, back to her Max, apartment. Yes. Max would never. Like, Booth is a big, muscly oh, guy. lost. He would have fallen over. down so hard. Anyway. Yeah. No, he would have been knocked out. While this is all happening, Brennan's taking this VHS back to her her apartment. And it is a video of her mother talking to her. And basically begging for forgiveness, asking for forgiveness for everything that's been done. Saying right. that they they left them out of love. That they, maybe it was the wrong thing to do, but in their minds, it was the right thing to do to protect them. And Brennan is sitting there, bawling her eyes out. Thanks, Max. Um, but basically, the whole idea is she's saying, I'm in the wrong. I love you. And I want you to have this fam family heirloom. So, ugh. Anyway, I just, yes. What do you have to say, Kelly? First of all, where did she get a VCR? I did not have a VCR in 2007. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> this video is traumatizing. Like, it's oh so God. traumatizing. Like, to see it's a awful. video of your mother that you haven't seen since you were 15... And the whole time on this video, I'm just going to say everything this woman says in this video, 
all you hear about is how wonderful Max is. It's all yeah. about Max. It talks about Maxis and Maxis and Maxa. Max and would have I'm kept like, us together and blah blah blah. She, she's keep talks. She keeps saying how he's a good man and all this shit. Like whenever I yeah. hear people say how good of a person that. Like, oh, they're a good man. I, I'm like, okay, this is sus. Like, this is totally yeah. sus. And I feel like it's all about Max. And then I think maybe yeah. Max conned their mother. Like, maybe like he, her. You know that when that happens, when you, like, indoctrinate someone, like, into a cult or something like that? Yeah. So it's, like, the cult of Max and how great he is. This is so awful for brennan he's so devastated it's so traumatizing yeah it's so awful i like he is so manipulative like to do this like here's this ring and you have all these aunts and you can be part of their family if you show them the ring and then okay what's she gonna walk up to these women and like who are these women how does she know hey i'm 30 look at this ring i have <laughs> how does she know they're her aunts I don't, I don't even know. know you. Yeah, oh, no, she does. I just find it but, all terrible. I, and I'm turning on Max. I'm. I love Ryan O'Neill. Yeah, part. I love I the think actor. He's great. Him. But I don't like Max now. I feel like I'm really seeing his game, and I don't like it. Yeah, it feels like this whole thing is a game to him. And, but because of this manipulation that she's undergoing, because of this God. horrible video she had to watch, she goes and takes the takes the pictures down that Chelsea had drawn and she goes and visits Cynthia and she talks to Cynthia and she starts to spell out this story like we were saying before right yeah we talked about yeah yeah exactly exactly like we talked before saying you loved your daughter you did this out of love you did this out of mercy you had originally started to take this you did this experimental drug trial you were realizing it wasn't working and you thought there's no way like i can't put her into foster care no one will look after her the way that i do no one will be able to care for her and so her quality of life will be no good i may as well kill her which is horrible but after she killed her the medication did start working so now she has to live with her like knowing that she killed her daughter for no reason basically Mm -hmm. oh god it's awful and she does she brings that rock with her that says i love you on it and he get she she places it in her hand and that's the end of that scene i don't think they would allow her to do that that's almost like a weapon not anyway yeah not even the paper probably but that's fine and then and then we change tones completely and this whole show Turns into what? Hodgins and Angela getting married. So the last five minutes of this show, the last five minutes of this episode is dedicated to a wedding. Yes. Yes, it is. And does the wedding go through? Let's find out. Anyway, regardless, they fucking show up this at this church. This huge tonal shift happens in this episode where we go from this depressed mother in jail for killing her daughter to... Oh, my God. We're in a teeny tiny little church. Brennan walks down the stairs to meet up with Booth, Zach, and Cam. And she has her dress on all wrong, so Cam helps her out. 
And Booth is very impressed with, like, obviously how Brennan looks. She looks beautiful and everything. But yeah. so does Cam's. Hate to break it to you. Cam's gorgeous, regardless. We go into this church. Who are all these people? I don't know who these people are. Patricia is here. Or, sorry, not Patricia. Caroline is here. Patricia Belcher, the actress playing Caroline, is here in the crowd. Booth and Brennan walk down the aisle together, and Booth apologizes to her for arresting her father. Mm. And anyway, so Booth's the best man. Brennan's the maid of honor. Do we have other people in the wedding party? Did we notice? No, I think just the two of them are standing up there. They're standing up there with the minister. Okay. Okay, yeah. it's just the two of them. And then the music changes from all like harp music, pretty, blah, blah, blah. And it changes from being like ding, 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 ding to a ZZ Top song. Yes. <laughs> so Angela's walking down the aisle with Billy Gibbons, a.k.a. her father. How many hats is he wearing in this shot? Let's find Great out. Great question. The same, the same three hats. He has the same three hats on. I think that Billy Gibbons had one day to do this episode, and they just shot all of his scenes in one day, basically. Probably. And he didn't change his hat. Anyway. It's, probably, it's so random, but it's great. <laughs> Booth tries to have this conversation with Brennan about what went down with her father. And I was like, read the room, Booth. This is not the time. At the altar. <laughs> He's acting like such a weirdo. Oh, my God. And Brennan's, like, super annoyed. <laughs> and then, basically, he says to her, he's trying to tell her that, you know, Max Keenan, Brennan's father, basically gave himself up during the fight so that he could stay in one place, a.k.a. Yeah. prison, and not abandon her again. And then she hears this from him and hugs him so hard mm -hmm. at the altar. Like, she's so hard because it's, like, such a nice thing for her to hear. And yeah. all I'm worried about in this moment is how her makeup is rubbing off on his tux. I just seriously was worried about all, all his makeup. Foundation. Exactly. Okay. That's hilarious. What happens next? Then Angela approaches and is like, okay, hi, I'd like to get married now. Like, get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> and she's been walked down the aisle by her yes. father yes is this the first time that we find out that her middle name is pearly gates <laughs> yeah, or did we know this too. already i wrote that down too <laughs> angela pearly gates not montenegro Monte <laughs> like come on what okay come on also zz top singer aka billy gibbons aka billy gibbons he doesn't stay for the wedding. <laughs> like this he walks her I down mean. the aisle and is like, "This guy, I gotta he go." Had no time, no time. Gotta go. I gotta show. Bye. Gotta show. Bye. So everything seems to be going nicely. Um, they're saying we've come together to join these two people in matrimony, and then this state department agent is suddenly running into this. <laughs> into this chapel and is like um excuse me uh, is this the Hodgins Montenegro nuptials because I need to speak to you before this uh goes on please so they're like 
okay, pause the wedding. Sorry. We'll be right back. Everything is fine. Well, they go off, Zach seems to take the opportunity to talk to Booth and ask, first of all, if there's any sense in ducking when someone shoots you. Kind of random. And number two, he's saying, I wrote this letter. You can read this later. It explains everything to everyone. Can you be the one who passes the message on to the rest of the staff, basically? And Booth is like, why am I being chosen to do this? Like, Zach, we don't have this relationship. Um, but Zach says, and I quote, you know more about duty and honor than anybody else I know. So he's really taking this whole going to Iraq thing to heart. He's very intense about it. Um, while that's happening, we're finding out that Angela is already married <laughs> So they can't actually get married because she is legally already married. And Angela's like, oh no, oops, I can't believe I did this. I got uh, married in Fiji four years ago. I, co- I totally forgot, didn't realize that that was legal. So Angela had rushed this whole thing. Hodgins had to plan the whole thing. And now they can't get married. So... What do they do, Kelly? What do they do? So Hodgins and Angela, after discovering this, Hodgins seems perfectly fine with this, that four years ago, she jumped over a broomstick in Fiji when this was considered an authentic union, A, B. How long have they been dating, Hodgins and Angela? That's the other thing. Yes. Like, have they never had this conversation before? First of all, second, you're supposed to go get legally married at a courthouse and sign a piece of paper and pay money to your local government before the ceremony. Yes. So they would have found this out at that time. They would have found this out already. So this is all a sham. This whole relationship is a sham. Everything about it is a sham. I'm going to tell you that right (laughs) now. They're just giving more and more fuel for Kelly's fire. <laughs> Patricia tells them, so Patricia, Caroline tells them to just run away. Like, fuck it. Just run away. Who cares? Right. And so yeah. Hodgins and Angela return to the church. They go back inside. They tell everybody to go have fun at the right reception and they take off. Like, uh, you know, what's that movie? The Graduate. Do you ever see The Graduate with Dustin Hoffman Graduate. and Anne Margaret? Probably, I don't you, remember. Mrs. Robinson, heaven oh, yeah. was a place where we would play. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. It's where he has an affair with an older woman, and then they run away from the, they sort of, he steals her from the altar, and they run away. Anyway, it's uh, it's a classic old film. Regardless, so they take off, tell everybody to go get drunk and have fun at the reception. Weird, right? Weird, Question. but who is left at the altar? While Booth and Brennan are standing there alone at the altar, being looked down upon by this beautiful uh, minister slash priest slash reverend, whatever they are, because we're not sure what sort of church this is. And they're like looking at each other going, what do we do now? And then they both kind of look up at the priest and it's like implied like, it's so heavily, heavily, heavy-handedly implied that there's, you know, 
I don't know. They've never been more Like that they should get married. <laughs> well, it's just such a... The writers are very comfortable with this. Will they or won't they? It was like, no, we're just... Here's the sim- symbolism. It's like very blatant. It's like, guys, gonna make look you at wait this. a little longer. Hey, guys, look at these two. And then the show oh ends God. with a ZZ Top song. They play a ZZ yeah. Top song at the end. Anyway. The end was funny. I don't know. I like that last scene it was, was like a so cute little weird. It was awkward. Ending. Man. It was awkward. I okay. I didn't love this okay. episode, but yes. Right. Tell me. I can we talk about who directed it though? Because Yes. I didn't know research. I, Go. Sorry. So his name is Tony Warmby. Uh-huh. And he's directed five episodes of Bones in season okay. one and two. That's it. Right. This is the last episode he directed. So he directed which, this is which his episode? episode. So he directed The Man on the Fairway. He oh. directed The Titan on the Tracks. Oh! The, the Headless Witch in the Woods. Oh my God! I hated God. that episode. <laughs> the Boneless Bride in the River. Oh my God. And now Stargazer in a Puddle. Wow, that so. is so telling those five episodes are very telling because they were all they all had weird tonal shifts like that guy jesse and man in a fairway who was like so upset about the bones they were digging up and then the headless witch in the woods guy that that fucking weird firefighter who chopped his brother's head off yeah and then what was it the tight on the tracks we didn't like either. We thought that was a weird kind of strange situation too. It was so uh, sort of convoluted and absurd. Yeah. And um, what was the Boneless other one you said? in the river. That was a oh weird situation. That was like slapstick comedy. Yeah. Funny, haha. But then also like really but serious. But also like so it's whoa. Like strange, strange, strange. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting yeah. Uh, tones. Tonal shifts, very interesting 100%. tonal shifts. Also, can we can we think back to how Zach behaved in those episodes? I'm trying to think. Not really, right? He was pretty much the same. I just I found think he was the, the end same. Of the season, Honestly, th- that shift was the last over the last few episodes. He's been really weird. Yeah. So we'll see what he's like in season three if he returns. We he's going to see, Iraq. Yeah. Is this their way of writing him off the show? I don't know. I don't know. It's strange, right? I don't understand that whole thing. Like, it just seemed out of the blue and odd. Okay, let's focus. Yeah. Angela and Hodgins, what's happening? What's going on with this? I honestly what? thought they got married. I forgot that this whole thing happened at the end. You and I were talking about this like a month ago, and I was like, I don't think that they get married. <laughs> well, you were right. I remembered something like this right. happening. Yeah, so- you were right. As I remember her Wild. having a husband. Wild. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to, obviously, that's going to be a big theme in the next season. The next season was like, there was a writer strike at the time. So it's going to be a very short season. So it's uh, going to be interesting to see how that plays in. Let's think how about this episode, Angela and Hodgins. So they didn't get married at the end. We'll see how that plays out in their relationship. See, this kind of thing would be a real deal breaker for me i would think if this wasn't communicated regardless how do we feel about booth and brennan in this episode i am annoyed 
by the writers of the show because clearly they're not getting any getting together anytime soon but they're heavily implying that they're going to so it's like why don't you just make me happy and make it happen See, I didn't like how they did this in this episode. I didn't like it as much as I've liked it in the past. The way that they've, inter- like, this was so blatant. It was like a whole other level of, I don't know how to describe it. Because all the other episodes leading up to this was like a whole struggle that they've had with their relationship and their communication and all the stuff they've been doing yeah. to work on their, the way they interact. And then this episode kind of threw it all out the window and acted like they were boyfriend and girlfriend. It was strange, I thought. Especially strange. right the, at the very end. I don't know. It was yeah, weird. I, I found like, where is this coming from? All of a sudden, like, now they're trying to imply they're going to get married. They haven't even like gone on a yeah. date. Like, what are you getting at no. here? Come on, guys. Have they slept together at this point, though, yet? Oh, my God. I know, right? We still are debating that. We still don't know if do Angela and that Hodges. Out eventually. Well, that'd be nice because I know that we still are debating on whether or not Angela and Hodgins slept together before their first date at the dog park with the swing. True. And now Which we're I, just I'm like, team. I think so. I just the way they've been behaving doesn't tell me that they had. But for Booth know. and Brennan, maybe one are, day we'll find Booth out. Booth and Brennan are definitely acting like they've slept together because yes. I think about that Vegas episode where they went all like weird and they like stayed to they were in Vegas together. Yeah. Who knows, right? Like and they've been on all these road trips together and they spend so much time together. I don't know. It man. seems very possible that at this point they've slept together. Yeah, I wonder like you said, you said we're gonna find out, right? So we'll find out. We do find out, I think. Well, so what did you think about this episode generally? Okay. Could you have done it without weird, it? Weird finale. Very weird finale. Like very weird. I felt like I'm, they were just trying to wrap up all these different things. I appreciated some of the callbacks to the first episode and certain things that happened throughout the season. Like I know there's a few notes, few things I noticed like that they called back. Like with the spam experiment and little things like that they would call back to like the first few episodes of the season that like fine and they're trying to tie up so many loose ends they would open these cans of worms and then they go okay let's let's quickly tie this up like with the max situation i still find it really yeah sully gone just but what do you mean sully gone i don't get what sully i'm just thinking like that sully situation just i know we're talking about this episode but like as a finale like during this season they just were like, oh, yeah, in three episodes. Yep. Okay. Sully's gone. But they try to give her like yeah. this huge love interest. Yeah. Anyway. Which is not a love interest when it's only three episodes. But again, we're, no. we don't know the timelines on these fucking things, right? So who knows? True. True. I like it. I don't know. Was it a flop? Kind of. I just didn't feel like it moved the needle at all, like in terms of Booth and Brennan's relationship. No. It was trying to shoehorn in this sort of these this idea. It was shoehorning yeah. things in and I didn't need it because I thought I like I prefer the way they kind of move it subtly forward with their relationship. Yeah. 
this thing with Zach, I find, like what you said, very strange. Yeah. This whole Hodgins and Angela, A, the relationship is a sham. The wedding was a sham. Now, like, it was like a pointless, useless exercise. Because now what? Like, they're yeah. just back to where they started? Like, what's what's the point? Yeah, we're going to have to see where that goes. That'll be interesting. I need, I need Angela and Hodgins to face a difficult situation that will challenge their relationship. That's what I need. I need that. Because nothing has challenged their relationship. I know you're smiling because you know, and I know too. I know a little bit about this. I don't know the whole situation, but I know something is going to challenge them. I appreciate that. But I just need it to happen because this relationship seems very... Uh, like Angela's not taking it seriously. Like, yeah, there's no substance. Also, I'm getting a low battery warning. All right, that's our not cue, baby. <laughs> that's our cue. Well, I'm, uh, you know, phoning in all the way from uh, Rockport, New Brunswick, Canada, and Brittany's phoning in all the way from Bancroft, Ontario. I'm so glad we were able to do this today, and I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Squintcast. Squintcast. <laughs> thank you for listening to squintcast with me kelly booth and my and your new friend Brittany elsner the bones theme is performed by the crystal method they can be found on instagram and youtube at the crystal method and at thecrystalmethod.com. intro and outro music is by twisterium at pixabay cover art was done by irena dolentz stagen you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany is at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Something's happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear.